you accepted? Yep. Fantastic. Okay, so we are live now, listeners, on the Adrian Bow Podcast, episode 127, and delighted to welcome back to the Adrian Bow Podcast, Ruben Packer-Hill. Ruben, how are you doing? I'm excellent, Adrian. Thanks for having me on. Ah, pleasure, pleasure. It must have been a couple of years ago now, at least when we, when we had you on last time. Yeah, it was. I think edging back to 2020, 2019. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So a lot's happened in both our worlds and a lot's happened in the real estate landscape. And it would be great to reconnect and get some key learnings from you today. So I think it would be remiss not to uh, share with everyone, you know, your recent move. Uh, into the Ray White group. So congratulations. Uh, how's that been for you with the transition? Uh, and what advice would you give anyone who are thinking about making a move but might be a bit reluctant, hesitant, or even um, a bit complacent even in their existing surroundings? Yeah, look, a really good question. And admittedly, um, it, it took me probably about 12 months to recognise or work out uh, that this was something that I specifically wanted and it wasn't an easy decision. Um, so I would firstly say, you know, lean into all the options available to you um, and, and look at your trajectory, whether that's in sales or whether you want to go into management um, or even into a corporate um, role, lean into mm-hmm. options. But essentially for me, it came down to recognising what would be the best platform for me to do my best work uh, not just for just my clients, but also in terms of serving my family. Um, and so after about 12 months of leaning into a few options, I'm thrilled to announce that yeah, we've taken over the Ray White Twong office, uh, fortunate enough to have partnered with Matt Lancashire and Hazley Cush out of Ray White New Farm, obviously big operators, uh, industry icons in the Brisbane market. So key takeaways, I'd say always put yourself first. At the end of the day, you, you've got to make the right decision for you but then also recognising what's the best platform to do your best work. Yeah, terrific, terrific. Uh, both Hazley and Matt independently have both been guests on this podcast. So they had some, some great uh, learnings and stories and takeaways to share with the listeners, which is fantastic. Um, also making that transition, Ruben, from, um, you know, a, an agent and having a business within a business because you still were a business owner in the sense that you're running an EBU yes. to making the transition, whether it's Ray White or anyone really, um, to now still doing that, still listing and selling real estate, but going into actual business ownership as well. I mean, that's not for everyone, right? So you've got to be sort of careful what you wish for almost. Um yes. Was that something that you analysed closely as well? Yeah, definitely. And, and look, ultimately, I, I did a lot of temperature checks, especially over the last 12 months as I was leaning into this um, mm. with my team uh, because they are essentially the fundamentals and the foundation for my business, certainly my selling business. And I guess taking confidence in their sort of reviews or their feedback for me as a leader um, is what probably gave me the most confidence to step into this type of option. I think that that's where a lot of agents can go wrong, transitioning into you know, business ownership or becoming principals, uh, potentially not having the leadership skills um, to not just manage people but have the vision to grow them and also, I guess, take the time to mentor them um, with mm. a succession plan. So that was instrumental um, for me over the last 12 months in coming to this decision. Yeah, interesting. It, it, it's... Um... It's quite a, a, a relevant topic because I recall either Hazley or Matt or both of them at the time when I interviewed them on the podcast, 
And when I asked about business ownership and being a listing and selling principal, perhaps it was hazily, but, you know, asking yourself the question, um, you know, are you equipped and educated or perhaps even do you have the skill set to take on such a challenge? So ask yourself, you know, have you ever recruited before? Yeah. Have you ever have, have you ever mentored someone before? Yeah. Uh, have you ever dealt with human resource issues? Have you had to deal with retaining people? Have you had to do with uh, motivating people when they get off track? Have you had to deal with profit and loss statements? And it's like when you put it that way, it's like, oh, wow, maybe I'll just keep running my EBU. And that's fine. And your different wealth creation plan might be just buying investment properties yep. rather than, you know, owning a rent roll or running a team because that can sound quite overwhelming for a lot of people. But it was yep. interesting either Matt or, or Hazley said, you know, try it first in, in your own immediate EBU before you take it on with in a much, in a much more amplified version, if you like. Definitely. Definitely. And I, and I guess then looking, if, if you can sort of tick those boxes and you can identify mm. that, yes, it is something that you think or that you believe you can step up mm. in. For me, mm. it was looking at the next five, 10 years. And is mm. it a constant um, you know, improvement on GCI levels or what, what was import, going to be important to me over the next five to 10 years? And mm. for me personally, it was also more about legacy. I want to be able to scale mm. the business that we have now um, mm-hmm. in terms of recruitment around agents, obviously property management and administration and operations staff as well. Um, but I want to look back in five or 10 years and have recognised the growth that I've helped people achieve. Um, and mm-hmm. to do that, I needed a different platform. Understood. I actually like the way you refer to the word as platform. It's very consistent with my coaching. And if anyone's listened to any of my content uh, or even perhaps on this podcast, um, the brand that you're working for is effectively a platform. Now, that's not being disrespectful to any brand, whether it's a small independent office or it's a huge uh, organisation like Ray White and anyone in between because the brand is effectively you. It's Reuben Packer Hill Proprietary Limited or Adrian Bow Proprietary Limited. And, in fact, both of us have, have our own websites and we've both had that for some time, I think built by the same company steps from what I understand. Um, yeah. it, and we are the brand, effectively. And and whether it's Ray White or whether it's McGrath or whether it's um, an independent agency, great platform to provide resources, coaching, IT, CRMs, all of that. But everything you do and say and every piece of collateral you put out into the market, you are the brand and the platform is an ad- is an outstanding complement to that. And I I do believe that's where the industry is heading. And I do believe that's why Ray White have done very well in in evolving with the landscape in that they do allow individual agents and individual teams to grow their brand within a brand. And I think that that's, that's a really critical thing. Was that one of the attractions for you when, because I'm sure you had, quite a lot of options there, Ruben, when you made the transition. Yeah, definitely. And, and look, from a personal observation, I've noticed that there's, there's like a changing of the guard concept that's happening mm. at the moment, certainly um, with Ray White as a whole, an exceptional organisation. But the new leadership that's come out of this group, uh, Jason Andrew here as Queensland CEO and Dan White, Managing Director, 
Um, I just feel like the, the, their eye is on the prize when we're looking at the next 10 years and the next 15 years in real estate, if we can even get that far. Um, obviously, we're working towards more of a propensity model. We're looking at algorithmic behaviours and there's a lot of obviously big organisations in IT that are looking at this type of thing. But for me, I wanted to be obviously a, mo- a modern agent, you know, dealing with innovate, innovation. And like I said before, I just found that this is going to be the best platform. Yeah, Terrific. Now, your immediate team, uh, Ruben, if you could just unpack each person's name, uh, role, yep. and what your expectations of them are, if, if you could, because that, that is a very much a key learning for a lot of people either wanting to launch into an EBU or have an existing EBU but feel as if each of their team member may not be staying in their lanes, for example. Yeah, and then look, it's it's taken me a couple of years to to get this right um, mm. in terms of roles, responsibilities, how many staff are needed to work to a yeah. certain capacity. Um, initially, when I went through one of my first growth waves, putting on my first um, assistant or sales associate, you have to make a decision as to what's going to be more important to you. Is it driving more leads into your business? So employing a sales associate to help with, you know, hotspot prospecting, managing database, things like that. Or mm-hmm. if you're finding that you are excelling in that space, then you need yeah. to help bring on potentially some administration help um, to yes. help day to day running of the business. Yeah. For me personally, going back five, probably about five or six years ago, um, I made the decision to put on an associate first. We wanted yeah. to bring in more leads and therefore have better cash flow to scale quicker. Yeah. Um, but that has continually evolved to where we are now. So within my team currently, uh, Isabella King um, is my operations manager or client care um, officer. So she will essentially run everything from general management of the business through to managing diaries. The most critical role that she has is in client services. So from the time we have an authority signed right through to pretty much the time it goes live, the ball gets passed to Isabella in organising stylist quotes, getting the house ready for sale, whether it's painting, um, any gardening work that needs to be done. So basically I, I, I turn up when the, I guess, the, the selling work is required. Um, so that's one of her key roles. Uh, Brady Barry is a sales associate for me. Um, he's been with me for about 12, 18 months now, initially in a very, very dedicated prospecting role. Uh, because I've learned that as an associate coming into the business, it can be very easy to get distracted with all the fun things, you know, listing, negotiating, selling. But I think it's a critical, it is of critical importance that anybody coming into real estate in a sales position needs to have an understanding that prospecting is the most crucial activity that needs to, needs to happen. So Brady evolved over a three or six month period from a pure prospecting uh, or prospector to a sales associate, essentially handling some of my listings in out of areas, out of area stock, as well as uh, success marketing around the listings and sales that we have now. Um, Isabella has a part-time assistant as well, just helping with database entry, general marketing activities, things like that. And I'm actually in the process of starting another associate as we look to grow our BDA or our farm area with the new office. Uh, Luke Mooney will be joining us over the next week um, in a similar role to where Brady first started. So three to six months of key prospecting activities, and we look to grow them into a sales associate role where they can learn more about what it is to be an agent. Fantastic. And your key activities, um, Ruben, I assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
would be high-level prospecting, i.e. chasing your hot list or yep. your chase list, if you like. So these are people that you've met uh, that will sign an agency agreement with you or someone else um, over the next 30, 60, 90 days. Um, call it, calling past clients, key past clients and key referrers. Um, yep. Doing doing the vendor management mm-hmm. uh, and also the high end negotiations within every transaction, plus attending your open for inspections and doing face to face vendor meetings and high end buyer appointments. Would that basically sum up your role? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, up until the transition, that would be 90, 99% of my role. Uh, now, obviously, we need to trim back a little bit to make sure that I have time for my agents and my staff, as well as looking at recruitment as well. Mm-hmm. So that for me personally is obviously a transition that I'm going through now, you know, working out where I can free up some time and free up some energy. But, uh, but certainly as you start to grow and recognise where capacity sits, there are a lot of external I guess, benefits and features and technologies that you can plug into without necessarily necessarily hiring an individual person. You know, we talk about social media a lot, but really looking at key lead generation strategies that, I mean, for us personally, we'll take an extra 15 appraisals a month off a good, um, a good social media strategy. Um, and then also considering things like VAs, virtual assistants uh, to help with just general databasing activities. There's a lot of things that can be done without necessarily hiring a, uh, another full-time person. Look, I'm really glad you touched on that, Ruben, because the modern agent, it's a big cliche to call them the modern agent, but um, the, the, the true agent of the 21st century is definitely utilising technology, especially social media, uh, mm. if you will, because and virtual assistance is obviously another one but even just simple things like a crm system uh rita which is a piece of artificial intelligence uh active pipe all these things that a lot of agents if not all have access to and are completely underutilizing them and whoever whoever is not immersing themselves in technology and and leverage, because effectively that's what we're talking about. We're talking leverage, not so we can create less roles in our team, but, you know, to complement the existing roles within the team um, and make it less labour-intensive and just working a lot smarter and more efficiently. So I'm glad that you're part of that new generation and the changing of, of the landscape. Another key question, I think, that people will will want to tap into, uh, Ruben, is what what keeps you motivated? Um, because you know you've been doing it for a little while now. Sure, you've made this transition. Um, you know you're still going to be expected to do the same, if not more, volume um, and still grow a business, etc. Um, what 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 are the what are the key principles, objectives, values? Um, you know, purpose, whatever you want to call it that actually keep you going? Because let's face it, there's days, if not weeks, that you feel flat, um, that you've got some sort of challenge happening, um, whether it's family, health, domestic, whatever it might be. So, So, yeah, what keeps you on track? Well, look, it's an important question, and I think that intrinsically any high-performing salespeople have an organic drive to start with, and I think recognising that early on will help, I guess, accelerate your trajectory on your career. Um, If you don't feel like you're a motivated person a lot of the time, it it probably won't be the right industry for you. So I think recognising that up front. 
Uh, for me, I had a huge paradigm shift. Uh, must have been about six years ago uh, when my partner at the time fell pregnant with my daughter, Lily. So for me, it's, it's very clear and evident subconsciously and consciously, Lily has been the biggest driver for me, uh, my daughter, uh, providing a better life for her moving forward and, and obviously making sure that I can be the best dad I can be. Um, along the way I mean there's little objectives you know I'm a big believer in getting up early and obviously you've got to you got to sort of own your schedule and own your diary to own the day um, but for me personally everything sort of stems back to that intrinsic value of doing the best thing I can being the best person I can be for my family yeah that's terrific and and for other people it'll be different things Absolutely. Uh, it could be it could be family um, it could be sending their kids to private school it could be you know Buying a brand new car, that might sound a bit shallow and materialistic, but hey, um, we need something to drive us and yeah. not everyone has children uh, or maybe maybe their, their, their children are older and, and, and well-established. So there, there needs to be something. And the reason I asked you was to try and tap into, um, you know, what's a constant? And that's a constant for you. Lily's a constant. So it's almost impossible to get off track when you're reminded of that constant and it surprises me when people ask me that question. They're like, oh, how do you do it? You know, you're juggling, you know, so many different things. Like, well, for me, it's actually effortless um, yeah. because like you, you know, I get up early, 4, 4.30. I've got my morning rituals without fail. Um, and I find comfort and solace in that, in that ritual. And, and I know what my purpose and objective is. And it could sound robotic, robotic to some people, but... It's, you know, if, you, if you've got a very clear vision of what you want to achieve and what you also want to contribute, whether it's to your team or whether it's to your clients or buyers, whatever it wants, may be, I, I think it becomes effortless, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't become something that's, that's an obligation, if you like, you know. Um, it changes the concept of it being work. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I, yes. I, I've seen people come and go from the industry over the, you know, the 15 years that I've been in it where... You know, you look back and if they actually did a review on not just, you know, the key fundamental targets, listing sales, number of calls, things like that, but really identifying what their drive was or what their why was, I think you'll find a lot of the time that those that don't make it haven't clearly identified with themselves authentically what it is that they are doing it for. Because like what you were saying before, you get up and it's a no-brainer. You know that you've got to be at your absolute best every single day because we know what it is that we are doing it for. Um, you know, another big, I guess, involvement that I had over, you know, it would have been a couple of years ago now. I remember it's a saying that John McGrath had, and it was, you know, when are you going to go pro? And it's a really, really good statement because a lot of agents or, you know, people in this industry can be in it for five or 10 years, but still hovering around a certain level, be it GCI, a number of sales each year. Um, and I think you've got to make this decision. You know, if you're going to do this, you've got to do it 100%. And you've got to play, play in the big league. And to play in the big mm. league, you've got to be fit. You've got to be healthy. Your mind's got to be right. Mm. You've got to be clear on your objectives and what you want to achieve every day. And I think without that, you're going to struggle to really get to that pinnacle of performance. Yeah, agreed. And, and frankly, if we're putting ourselves in front of clients or team members, we don't have any place not to be 110%. That yeah, yeah. yeah. They absolutely deserve it. You know, they're, uh, they're, they're putting their faith and confidence and trust in you, whether it's a team member, a buyer or a seller, whatever it might be. So there, there is no place but to be 110%, you know. Um, and if you don't stand for anything, 
then you'll fall for anything. You've got to stand for something, you know, and, and for you, it's family values and whatever. For everyone, it's going to be potentially something different. Um, you, you guys have got the Olympics coming up, which is really exciting in Brisbane. What do you feel um, needs to be the appropriate preparation in, in our industry? And mm-hmm. are you doing anything in particular to, to uh, gear up for that? Yeah, good. Another good question. So obviously we, we hear a lot of this, especially out in the marketplace, whether it's a buyer or a potential seller we're meeting. There's a lot of talk about the Olympics coming to Brisbane. But as yeah. I remind people, you know, that's still 10 years away. And yeah. we, we, which is great. I mean, obviously with the long-term approach, but you've got to remember we'll work through several cycles, potentially yeah. micro or macro during that time frame. So I'm a big believer in looking at what's in front of you right now. You know, that is what, that's the market that we can control. Obviously, the market in your head as well. Um, and right now, the market is warm. But that won't be the case forever and certainly probably not the case for the rest of this year. So I think just having the ability to pivot and being conscious of ways that you can pivot over the next 12, 18 months I mean, yes, I'm very bullish on the Brisbane property market. Um, you, can, you can take note the data is there that any major Olympic city hosting an Olympics in the lead up will have a lot more job growth. There'll be a lot more migration. Um, so very bullish over the next 10 years, but also more conscious of keeping our eye on the prize for the next six to 12 months. That's a really good metaphor, Ruben, for anything in life, which is don't overthink it. Um, don't look too far ahead because because control is is somewhat of an illusion. Like to have a ten year plan would also would almost be delusional, really. Um, uh, and and making sure that you live your life and your business in weekly, monthly compartments, if you like, um, because it can be very overwhelming to be thinking twelve, eighteen months, or ten years in advance. So so I think that's a very appropriate, a very appropriate response. Um, as we start to wrap up, mate, there's a few questions I normally um, ask people. Number one is, what's one of the better decisions that you've made in your life up until this day, whether it's been a personal, business, whatever it might be? What is one of the better decisions? I can tell you all the bad decisions mm. I've made. <laughs> oh, that, 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 that's the next question. So, that's yeah, the next just, question, just, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I think I'll keep them uh, in the professional realm. Uh, obviously, yes. the decision that I've made more recently is probably one of yeah. the best decisions I've made. And, and the outcome of that decision is obviously yet to be fully felt. Um, yes. We continue to grow. But, you know, it, it did take me a long period of time and there was some paralysis that went with it. But in yes. just in making a decision sometimes can be mm-hmm. the most important thing. So yeah. to me, it's probably been the most important thus far. Good, good. And you're probably thinking, shit, why didn't Bowie warn me about this? But authenticity is key. Authenticity Absolutely. is key, right? There's nothing yeah. like hearing, hearing uh, questions and answers in real time with no preparation, right? Um, so what's a, que- what's a decision or worst something decision? that's... A, no, I wouldn't say the worst because um, what seemed to be bad uh, at the time or you labelled it a potentially bad outcome at the time, but as, as you know, in life there's no regrets and also we also know that those potential bad outcomes could become good outcomes depending on your perspective, right? But yes, yeah. at the time, what was what was something that that wasn't a great outcome? Look, I obviously in a leadership position, you know, meeting new mm. agents coming into the business and the industry as a whole. Mm. 
I look back at my first couple of years in real estate, you know, and this is back in yeah. 2007, I'd started a business yeah. law degree and I got, you know, a couple of months in realized it wasn't for me. I see these people mm. you know, doing really well in real estate. It was a high market at the time or a strong mm. market. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to give real estate a crack. I went out and I'm already baby faced, but imagine me 15 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 15 years ago, I went out and man, I really struggled for my first yeah. probably three or four years. Yeah. And obviously yeah. the industry has evolved since then. But, you know, yeah. I'm pretty strict on the advice I give people coming into the industry. Start yeah. from the bottom, you know, whether it's a rookie role in an office, get to know everything you can be a sponge yeah. or yeah. definitely go into an associate role working within a team. Yeah, I just think sometimes we can be overconfident and confidence is really important in this role, but sometimes we can be overconfident. And for me, that was very much the case with me at 18. And in Mm. hindsight, I think if I swallowed my pride a bit and started as an associate or in a team, I genuinely believe I would have accelerated my career um, and got to where I was a couple of years quicker. Yeah, interesting. So would it be fair to say that a part of us at the time there was a little bit of ego involved absolutely yeah okay I'm I'm glad you you know we confess to that because ego doesn't have to be an ugly word I mean there is an ugly side to ego but sometimes it's 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 really naivete wrapped into ego so I, I would say at the time it was a little bit of naivete but but it really, deep down, there was a little bit of ego saying, I can do this and whatever, where you're now with the benefit of hindsight, you're saying your career probably would have accelerated a lot quicker if you, um, you know, linked arms with an, with an existing agent and plugged yourself into a team or whatever. So that's really good advice Absolutely. to anyone listening or watching this that, you know, there's no rush. This is a marathon. It, it ain't a sprint, you know. Um not to mention how competitive every key market is, right? So, you know, all these associates I speak to, I want to be a standalone agent. I'm like, well, slow down. Do you realise that if you're a standalone agent that you'll be competing at listings with some of the best agents in the country, therefore some of the best agents in the world, because Australia is really up there in terms of their quality of agency. Um, your your lead agent at the moment is making it look very easy because you're involved after the property's listed, right? Yeah. So unless Correct. you've got unless you've got a hyper skill set, unless you've got a, a marketing budget, unless you've got profile, unless you've got an existing database, hold your horses a little bit, right? So and that doesn't cool. mean we yeah, yeah that yeah. doesn't mean we suppress ambition. We we groom people to do it, but it's a it's a process, right? Yeah, and I think that one of the greatest skills, that you, and, and look, I'm certainly not there, but I'm getting better at it, is you're right, or I, I believe in what you said earlier, that ego is always going to be there. Yeah, mm. Everyone has an ego, but having the ability to recognise where ego fits within you and mm. you know, let it be there, recognise when it's starting to overshadow things a little bit. But mm. Mm. the best agents in this industry are humble and even if it doesn't necessarily appear like that on the outside, if you ever meet them in yes. person and really get to know them, the best agents in this industry are humble and have a yeah. very strong North moral compass. So, you know, you're right also in saying play the long game. It's not about doing a quick deal here or there and burning people. Lose mm-hmm. the deal if you have to, but be able yes. to sleep night with the decisions you make, especially if you're going to be in this for the long term. Brilliant, brilliant. Absolute gold. Anyone listening to this? You, you, we're speaking to a, a, an absolute professional who he, humility is key 
and is and it also has made an observation that everyone he knows in the industry that's performing very well uh, is is absolutely drenched in humility, not ego. So I love it. Um, last question: You get to ask me anything. No, nothing off limit. Nothing off limit. Yeah. All, right. All right, Adrian. What would be the most notable sale, in your yeah. opinion? What would be yeah. the most notable sale that you've had over the years? Uh, I would say it would be a sale that I did maybe about three years ago. It had had a five million in front of it, mm-hmm. and it was notable not because of the price and for me that's that's that that's the high end in my particular market um but because the seller was a previous uh seller of mine from 15 years prior to that Mm. uh who i sold for and i kept in regular contact without hassling them so what does that look like it looks like uh, a phone call twice a year and it looks like maintaining uh, a newsletter contact on email and um, seeing him in the street saying g'day um, and also following him on social media or LinkedIn and, and commenting, etc. Okay. Um, so that was, that was very, very rewarding and it was an uncontested listing, no questions asked with commission or marketing because as, as we talked about, you know, that, that uh, rapport and that frequency of communication builds trust, which is great. Uh, the other reason it was notable is because of the buyer. The buyer was a local cardiologist in the area and uh, just a, a very nice family. And also uh, we had some mutual uh, contacts together and uh, I'd heard about him, he'd heard about me and it just felt right to, to uh, transact. Yeah. Um, so, again, that, that really high, intense level of trust and rapport on both sides of it, you know. And I wouldn't say it was the easiest um, sale to put together. There, there was a bit of a gap, but we, we did put it together. So, yeah, that's, I suppose, you know, when, when we say notable, just because of the anecdotes that are, that are invo- related to it, I think, are, are important. And to you, yeah. it's a remarkable sale, right? It was there. It was worthy to be remarked upon, and it was memorable for that yeah. reason. Probably the personal connection as well, like walking away from the transaction, yeah. knowing that the connection you know was felt and had. So I can understand that. Another question for you: What is yeah. the your biggest frustration when tra- when training agents or coaching agents? My biggest frustration is their current reality doesn't equal their expectations and they're frustrated and they don't know why. So what do I mean by that? Um, They'll just say to you in a very uh, arbitrary manner or an ambiguous manner, I'm not happy with my team member or I'm not happy with my prospecting plan or I don't feel structured or I don't have any accountability. I'm like, okay, so what are your expectations in that regard? And their expectations are of a certain level. What's your current situation or current reality? And they're like, well, it looks completely different. Well, of course you're going to feel frustrated uh, because unless your current reality meets your expectations, then in every genre of your life, whether it's health, whether it's wealth, whether it's career, whether it's prospecting, whether it's relationships, 
of course you're going to be frustrated. So that frustrates me yeah. um, because it, that's not obvious to them, but it's obvious to me. So I suppose I have the luxury of objectivity and mm. I have that luxury of, of hearing what they can't hear and seeing what they can't see and reminding them that there's only two options here. Option number one, adjust your expectations, or option number two, change your current reality. reality. And as soon as that, as soon as that penny drops, you know, I, I start to see a lot of a lot of different results, which is very, very rewarding for me. Yeah. Good on you. Love it, mate. Love it. Yeah. So, mate, we really appreciate you um, joining us on episode one twenty-seven. A return guest. Uh, exciting news. Um, you know that you've joined the the Ray White family. Uh, terrific to, to have you on board. Um, I just think it's a great metaphor for people, whether it's Ray White or not, that you've taken that leap of faith, you've analysed and, as you said, leaned into it, if you like. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a great example of people backing themselves and also analysing closely what are the various options available to me and what is consistent or what aligns to my purpose and the first thing that he said was it's the right thing for me and my family okay so i absolutely love that and i really appreciate you giving back because when you think about it this half hour that you and i have invested it's very altruistic right we don't get paid to do it nothing and you know it's an amazing industry that where with law medicine accounting like no one shares their secrets for free right you, you got to pay so I, I just love dealing with altruistic people who love giving back and i know you know you and i are very close friends and i really appreciate your contribution mate anytime mate anytime you know that all right thanks ruben mate thank really you. appreciate it. thanks listeners thank you so much adrian pleasure i'll speak to you soon mate bye for now bye bye bye